The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here, and welcome to Episode 40 of the Pennsylvania Project. As you may know, here at the Pennsylvania Project, our vision is a better Pennsylvania. To achieve that vision, our mission is to boldly showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania, and to relentlessly, vigorously, and methodically pursue correct solutions. But more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct problem. We'll try saying that five times fast. That, 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 that. (laughs) We have a corrupt episode planned for today, and like all episodes of the Pennsylvania Project, it's divided into three parts. You, them, and me. Part one is all about you, your questions, your opinions, your solutions, your whatevers. And rather than a call-in format, we are an email-in format. So if you have something to say, you can always drop us a line at PennsylvaniaProject.com. Today for the you part, we still have some remaining questions from our Facebook page that have backed up over the last N episodes, and we may just get through the last of them today. At least I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. No, it's not a train. After the you part comes part two, the them part, where each episode we host a guest to help us showcase the political, cultural, and environmental issues facing Pennsylvania. We're fortunate today to have as our guest Lou Jasikoff, investigative journalist and publisher of the Wilkes-Barre Independent Gazette. After the them part comes part three of the Pennsylvania Project, the me part, where it'll be my turn, your caster, Ken Krawchuk. I'll be focusing on some particular issue that really sticks in my craw. Today, it's something that could really take a toll on you, the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And throughout our show, as is our long-established custom, we'll be featuring a Pennsylvania Toastmaster to serve as narrator to read our live commercials. Today we have with us Cheryl Jenkins, a member of the SEPTA Toastmasters Club. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Cheryl. And it's a pleasure to be here today. It is, and thank you, Brett. Made it work. Cheryl, I always ask the Toastmasters who come here, what do you like about being a Toastmaster? What I love about being the Toastmaster is that you get the opportunity to practice, practice, and practice some more. If you follow your plan, it really works for you. It makes a difference in how you project yourself. It keeps you on point. And I needed that. And it's given me, it's been a wonderful platform for me to build on my public speaking. Amen. It's changed my life. Look, it got me on the radio, right? Yes, right. <laughs> We also have with us a second Toastmaster, another one of our customs, to help us read and respond to whatever comes into our mailbag and join in on discussions with our guest. It's a role we call cohort. And today's cohort is no stranger to the Pennsylvania Project, although he may be a strange guy. This will be his fifth appearance on the show, more than anyone else except me. He was our narrator way back in episodes five and seven, cohort in episodes 28 and 34, and he's back today for episode 40. He's a member of We the Speaker's Toastmaster in Plymouth Meeting, distinguished Toastmaster Art Farnsworth. Welcome back to the Pennsylvania Project, Art. Thank you, Ken. I've decided that if I continue to have this frequency of on-air appearances with you, I'll no longer be able to count them on my fingers. So you'll have to excuse me in advance when I take off my shoes and start counting them on my toes. Uh, I'll just make sure we don't get to episode 21. There we go. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, As I mentioned at the top of the show, questions have been piling up on our Facebook page, and we're almost done with them. 
It's been not enough time to get through them all. We started addressing them in episode 37, got in more in 38, even more in 39, and there are still a few left. Let's see if we can squeeze them all in, and I bet we don't. Maybe I should talk less. I don't know. The topic on our Facebook page is short and not so sweet. What bothers you about Pennsylvania? In response, here's some more what people said. And Art, would you please take the lead and read? Sure. Would you like all four at one time? Yeah, because they're all on the same topic. So I'm trying to save time here by grouping them. All right. Answering that wonderful question, what bothers you about Pennsylvania? We have Zach Swope saying, I'd like to see your input on the corruption of Reading. <laughs> Chaser EK follows up with, there is flagrant corruption in cities like Reading and Philadelphia, but nothing is done. Jaroslav Botka says, too much corruption. <laughs> and bringing things local as this show is apt to do, Richard Earl chimes in with, it's time to drain the Pennsylvania swamp. <laughs> do I see a recurring theme here? Or should I say, hear a recurring theme, see? I told you it was going to be a punny show. The same issue of corruption was raised back in episode 37, but we only covered it superficially. It's like the question, it was answered. The solution that I gave at the time was also pretty short and sweet and easy to remember. What to do about corruption? Just remember, 10 words, two letters each. If it is to be, it is up to us. That means we have self-government here, so if you want to see change, you have to do it yourself. You need to get up off your butt and do something about it. And that is the story with today's guest, by the way, Lou Jasikov. His newspaper was instrumental in uncovering the corruption in Wilkes-Barre, such as the custody for cash scandal in the courts and remedying the kids for cash scandal in the same town. But Lou's our guest today. I should shut up. Let's hold off on the whole corruption thing until we get him on in a few minutes. So what else we got, Art? We have two people who want to chime in on... Motor vehicle-related issues here. David Soltes saying, don't forget, we have the highest gas taxes in the nation. Too true. Jaroslav Botka chimes in again on this one with terrible roads, considering the road tax. <laughs> gas tax. I have not talked about the gas tax since episode six. And is it the highest? I wasn't aware of that. Yes. At 57.6 gallons, it is the highest gas tax in the United States. So means seven, six, six, fifty-seven point six cents per gallon, correct? Yes, that makes sense. Seven fifty-six. You said gallons. The taxes are not usually levied cents, in the units of gallons. Cents per gallon. Yeah, fifty-seven point six cents a gallon. What are, you said fifty-seven point six gallons. Percent. <laughs> One of those. You get days. the idea, folks. Yes. Well, at least it's it's a constitutional tax, and that's always my first question. Is it constitutional? The voice of Michael Bednarik, libertarian presidential candidate from 2004. It's constitutional because Article 8, Section 11 of the Pennsylvania Constitution authorizes the tax. And it says, quote, all proceeds from gasoline and other motor fuel excise taxes, motor vehicle registration fees, license taxes, operator's license fees, and other excise taxes imposed on products used in motor transportation shall be used solely for the construction, reconstruction, maintenance, and repair of and safety on public highways and bridges and the costs and expenses incident thereto and shall not be diverted by transfer or otherwise to any other purpose. I smell a violation coming I up. I know. Did you catch that? Oh, Solely yeah. for not diverted? Yeah, right. When winds up going to schools, to mass transit, to SEPTA, no offense, Cheryl. 
<laughs> so the definition of solely is up for debate, I suppose. Uh, soul? Solely. Solely. They don't understand the word solely. It's one of those uh, technical I, terms. I thought you were talking about Sully, the pilot who crashed in the river. He was a real hero. Anyway, yeah. my point is that the spending, some of the spending from the gas tax is clearly unconstitutional because it's diverted and it's not solely. And, you know, if we eliminate the unconstitutional uses of that gas tax, we would be able to cut the gas tax and still have more funding to fix our roads, not to mention paying our state police, which comes from the gas tax. I don't know if you knew that. That was the original topic way back in episode six. Somebody's complaining, saying, hey, what's this about the gas tax going to the police? But it does say safety on the public highways, and the state police are certainly safety on the public highways. But, you know, talking about the gas tax, I was putting together, I was doing some research, but there was something that I couldn't find an answer to. It's something I haven't heard anybody talk about. How does the gas tax jive with the electric cars? Because they don't use gas, so they don't pay to use the roads. I hate to say it, Ken, but I'm starting to smell a new tax on the horizon. That's what I said. A kilowatt tax Maybe for cars. a constitutional amendment. Not that our legislature pay any attention to the Constitution, but, but I digress. You know, I have a lot more to say about the terrible condition of our roads, but let me save some of that for my rant about the turnpike. I'll be going on about that. What else we have, Art? I think we have time for... Uh, one yeah, more. At least one more before the break. All right. But... I'll have to keep it short, something I'm apparently not that good at. Grand old party related. We have Stasia F. Vernalis writing in and saying, tell your story about how the GOP policies are hurting you. <laughs> how am I supposed to keep that short? <laughs> where do I begin? I know where to begin. Stasia, first of all, it's a partisan comment. It's not the GOP policies that are hurting me. It's the policies of both of the two old parties that are hurting me not to mention everybody else in Pennsylvania. It's funny, people ask me why I ever get, got involved in politics. When I hear stuff like that, when I know what the GOP and the two old parties are doing, how could I not get involved? What should I do, just sit on the sidelines and let them go on hurting us? Does that remind you of a quote from the Star Trek movie? When Khan maroons Captain Kirk for all eternity in the center of a dead planet, buried alive. That's what Khan says, remember that? Yes. yes. I've hurt you, and I wish to go on hurting you. To which Kirk famously replies, Con! You sound like the clock tower downtown. I even got the echo in. Yeah, there you go. No, I think that was Brett. He's good at that. Well, I'm not going to let the two old parties go on hurting us. So today, it's not Khan and the Genesis Project. It's Ken and the Pennsylvania Project. Wow. Should I start yelling, Harrisburg! <laughs> Harrisburg! <laughs> Harrisburg! No, you know what? Let's cut it there because I'm not going to have time for the next question. So on that Trekkie note, that's going to have to do it for the you portion of, of episode 40. We're going to pause for this information and when we return, we'll be visiting with today's guest, investigative journalist and publisher of the Wilkes-Barre Independent Gazette, Lou Jasikov. Did you hear the latest news? Almost two-thirds of all federal spending now goes to pay for the welfare state. More than $2.2 trillion, which just about equals federal income. Do you realize what that means? Virtually all tax revenue is now being consumed by the welfare state. But how do we rein in that runaway spending before it destroys America? The answer? The separation of society and state. 
That's the premise of the new novel, Atlas Snubbed, an unsanctioned parody sequel to Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Snubbed presents a workable alternative to the welfare state as we know it. Atlas Snubbed expertly extends Rand's epic story of a looter's world snubbed by the men of the mind, bringing to life a crumbling post-apocalyptic world where no one need ask who is John Galt, because now they know. Atlas Snubbed, available at all online bookstores or through atlassnubbed.com. Read it today before it's too late. Here's an interesting question. What do you think of these three ideas? Number one, people have at all times an inalienable right to alter, reform, or abolish their government as they think proper. Number two, juries have the right to determine the law as well as the facts. Number three, the right of the citizens to bear arms in defense of themselves and the state shall not be questioned. Do those words sound like they're something taken from a Hollywood political thriller? Well, they're not. They're all direct quotes taken from Article One of the Pennsylvania Constitution. Everyone's heard of the United States Constitution, but have you ever heard of the Pennsylvania Constitution? Have you ever read it? Most, but most importantly, was it ever taught to you in school? If you're like virtually all Pennsylvanians, the answers are likely to be no, no, and no. Well, it's a long past time to change those answers to yes, yes, yes. And you have a crucial part to play in making that come to pass. Because as you know, we're here at the, we here at the Pennsylvania Project are all about solutions. So we've authored a petition demanding that the Pennsylvania Constitution be taught to our children. It's up to our website, PennsylvaniaProject.com. If you believe it's important to, for your children, for our children, to know how our state government works, please add your name to the growing list of signers. And every time we accumulate another batch of signatures, we'll send a copy of the petition to the governor, the Pennsylvania Board of Education, and each and every one of the 501, 501 school districts in Pennsylvania, asking them right now to start teaching our children the Pennsylvania Constitution. So please, sign the petition at PennsylvaniaProject.com. Do it now while it's on top of your mind. Get your friends to sign it, your neighbors, your co-workers. The alternative is yet another generation that has never heard of, let alone read, the Pennsylvania Constitution. And people wonder why no one votes anymore. I certainly don't wonder. Hey, Ken Crawshock here again, and welcome to the them portion of episode 40 of the Pennsylvania Project where we host a guest to help us showcase the political, cultural, and or environmental issues facing Pennsylvania. Our guest today is a nice mix of the political and the cultural. He's Lou Jasikov, investigative journalist and publisher of the Wilkes-Barre Independent Gazette, host of the Sanity Check radio show on WWIQ 106.9 FM in Philadelphia, past candidate for state representative in Pennsylvania, past chair of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, and man of the year in Factoryville, Pennsylvania, wow. among other accolades. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Lou. Thanks, Ken. This is fantastic. It's uh, great to be down in Philadelphia again, right. Philadelphia area, and uh, certainly on the Philadelphia market. Yeah. You know, the last time I saw you was in Factoryville. You're in the median of US-6 planting 
signs for your campaign. And the wife and I are going by in the car, <laughs> peeping the horn, and you're like, who's that joker? <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right, especially on Route 6. You're taking your life in your own hands, that's, putting up signs. Yeah. And maybe that maybe that's where we should start because uh, this is focused on Pennsylvania. This is yep. uh, uh, all Pennsylvania issues and certainly some local activism. Uh, why run for state rep? I mean, why, why was I even doing it? Uh, personally, I, I cannot stand anybody running unopposed so uh once again i I, oh, uh, I went out and got my uh collective signatures and got on the ballot but before that even and this is something that most folks in pennsylvania or anybody i talk to really um, um understands about some of our um the way people get on the ballot you know we're heading into another election and we're always all, heading into another election we, we certainly are and you always hear every vote counts your vote counts. So we should we should make sure that that voting process is is pure and and everybody has an opportunity to to vote. Mm -hmm. Except of course if you don't belong to one of the two clubs. <laughs> now, um, well, wait a minute. That's the primary election. Well, that is the primary that, election. That's and, their beauty contest. Uh, it is. And, <laughs> and, and, and and I did a whole show on the primary elections. Mm -hmm. This is way back in episode five. It stuck in my craw. I did a fifteen minute rant about it. And also in episode 29, somebody brought it up again. Well, I'm going to give you a few other little tidbits to stick in your craw, oh, and you might no. bring this back up again. But, out of here, but, but, but let's just throw this out there <laughs> for, for a it. minute. Go for like it. Like if, uh, if, if we mentioned that you had to belong to a club to vote, say the only way you get to vote is to join the Moose Club or the Elks Club, we'd all laugh. We'd all say this is a joke. And yet here in Pennsylvania, you have to join one of the two clubs to vote. Now, I said the reason I, I ran for office, it wasn't that I, I necessarily wanted to be or I had this uh, great ambition to be part of the state representative uh, uh, crew down there, but I do feel that we should have representation, that we should have more than one person on the ballot. Now, when Agreed. we talk about the primaries, just I want you to think about this. Almost 50% of our state representatives run unopposed. In my area, in my area alone, okay, my state representative not only ran unopposed, but she was on the ballot as a Democrat and a Republican. Yeah. Now, you know, we make jokes, and I used to make jokes, and I have a good friend uh, um, with me here today uh, from Russia, but I used to say when I used to talk, Dominic. you know, remember remember when uh, Trump uh, congratulated Putin, and uh, people no. jumped on no, him I, saying, no, uh, well, whatever, people jumped on him, I'm sorry, but you question. know that, yeah. The, the whole reason was that there was more than one person on the ballot. People would say that there, there wasn't a real election. Well, up here in Pennsylvania... It's, it's no difference. We have one person on the ballot. So if you can only be on the ballot, if you're running against somebody that is uh, um, on the ballot as a Democrat and Republican, you have no chance. There's no chance to win. But let's go a little bit further. I went and collected signatures to keep my opponent off the ballot as a Democrat. Yeah. She's, she's a serving Republican here. I was able to do that. I went and I did a write-in campaign in a primary, in an election that I myself wasn't even allowed to vote for myself. <laughs> Think about that. And when people say, well, and when Lou, people say every vote counts, there's millions, Lou, millions of Pennsylvanians Lou, that get, don't have I a shot. I can interrupt you. I think it's fair. <laughs> you know why? Why is that? Because if I'm a Ford shareholder, should I be allowed to vote for General Motors Board of Directors? No, of course not. Because oh. I'm not a Ford, I'm not a General Motors shareholder. 
It's the same thing with the two old parties. If you're not a member of the two old parties, you should not be allowed to vote for them. Wait a minute. I'm not done yet. I'm only warming up here. I, I had this this stuck in my craw last Well, wait a 25. minute. Okay, but go ahead. Say you are a, uh, um, a stockholder in General Motors. Yeah, then uh, I should be able to vote. I am, I am a registered voter in Pennsylvania, and I wasn't even allowed to vote for myself in an election that I was actually well, you partaking were, in. You were one of the two old parties, though, weren't you? Right? No. I, I oh. had to do a write-in campaign as? to keep her off the ballot. As a de- I had to ask people to write my name in as a Democrat, right. collect the next enough signatures as a Democrat so she didn't get enough votes uh-huh. right. to be the only one on the ballot as a Democrat and Republican. I, I couldn't ask my friends, except unless they were registered Democrats, to write me in. I did that in Abington Township. I ran for Abington Township commissioner, and they had no Democrat on the ballot. And I did the same thing, except I joined the Democratic Party just so I could vote for myself. Me and the whole family did that. Well, they talk about no taxation without representation. That's certainly alive and well right here in Pennsylvania. Well, I have an easy answer for the whole thing, and I talked about this way back in Episode 6. Eliminate primaries. Well, Why are we, the taxpayers, (laughs) voting to pay for their beauty contest? I totally agree. Right? When, When I was running for governor, that was one of my platform planks. I have the line item veto as governor. I would just zero out funding. Right. You know, we libertarians, we pay for our own elections. We have a, con- a conference, and we have people get up there and speak. We pay for the hotel. We pay for the food. We pay for everything. We pay to stay there. We don't ask the taxpayers to subsidize us. In fact, that would go against our very principle. Is this the proper question, then, to ask about the primaries? Is it constitutional? <laughs> uh, that is a very good question. You know, I don't think so. But, well, no, they, they do mention municipal elections and general elections, but they're November elections. Mm-hmm. Either way, regardless. So I would and, look and into that, Art. That's a good question. If somebody stumped me on a constitution, Pennsylvania's wow. constitution question. Thank you, Bednera. Either way, I mean, Ken, you, you had mentioned to me about, you know, maybe getting rid of the primaries, and I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. No. But the fact that you keep a whole group of people, unless you join those two clubs, let's just go back to that. Let's just change it from Republican and Democrats and say you have to join the Moose Club or the Elks Club to vote. People would laugh. I get laughs all the time. Say, hey, listen. And people say, come on, you got, you have to be serious about this. And I say, I am serious. You have to join one of the two clubs to be allowed mm-hmm. to participate in a, an election that we're paying taxes for. When you say no taxation without, without representation, this is alive and well in Pennsylvania. And the fact that people can run as a Democrat and Republican, most people say, no, come on, Lou. She wasn't on the – these are people that actually vote. Mm-hmm. No, that's not know. happening. Most that's pe- not happening. Most people are not aware of how the primary elections work. That's exactly right. And this is a great way. And and I wasn't even sure we were going to lead into that this today. We can talk about whatever you like. But this is a fantastic uh, opportunity to once again raise awareness to how upside down our election is. So when we listen to other candidates running around saying every vote counts, Mm -hmm. (laughs) except yours, (laughs) (laughs) except yours, unless you belong to one of the two clubs. So Uh stop it with that already. Yeah. You know, you mentioned your reason for running. I have a real short and sweet running reason for running i stole it right out of network howard beale okay i'm mad as hell and i'm not going to take it anymore that's that's part of it too that's it man i've just had it up here and i mentioned that earlier you know and and i and i encourage folks to just get involved because you don't you you know it's be nice to win but you don't get to talk about issues and and one of the side effects ken and I, i i have to bring this up 
The League of Women Voters here in Pennsylvania. Uh, by the way, the president of the Pennsylvania League was my guest last episode. Fantastic. Well, uh, Susan Carty, wonderful lady. Up in Scranton, every year at the beginning of January, they have a conference, a leadership conference, to teach people how to run. Uh-huh. You know, never before, can never before, have they ever asked anybody but a Democrat and Republican. From my run and from what people heard and heard me on the radio and got to know me locally, which is a big point, uh-huh. I was invited to speak to that. Right. And speak to the obstacles people have to run as a third-party, independent, whatever. Yeah, and you know, we had one better because when we were talking with Susan last week, the league sponsored the debate in the 2018 election. I was running for governor. I was on the ballot. Yep. And the, the league, with the group they were working with, they invited Mr. Wolf, they invited Mr. Wagner, and they did not invite me. And the league went and said, hey, Ken's <laughs> on the ballot. He should be here too. <laughs> That's right. And they said... Well, I'm sorry, we don't think Ken's going to win, so we're not going to invite him. And she says, you're not here to pick winners and losers. You're here to present to the public what it is, who the people are who are on the ballot, so we can hear what they have to say. And they said, well, too bad, Ken's not coming. And you know what the league did? They withdrew their sponsorship. They said, we're not going to be part of this. You guys are, you're just, that's not American, that's not Pennsylvania. We're out of here. And then what they did is they went and they staged their own debate in Abington Township, invited myself and the green guy and i do remember his name i couldn't remember his name last week it was pretty funny i was just oh sometimes you get those brain freezes on this <laughs> I, radio I know, show and, so I know. and frank i'm terrible at names anyway i mean uh yeah you're loop i know I anyway it. so i <laughs> I, I caught it i, was, oh, I get it <laughs> I, I was right there and i just said you know susan i gotta thank you from the bottom of my heart because you guys yeah right a bunch of women league of voters right you guys yeah i'm a philly boy you can tell you guys are great because they have their principles and they, are, they stand on them strong enough that they would walk away from that sort of an opportunity and then stage the other one. And, you know, and we invited Wolf and Wagner to the other one. I personally sent them handwritten letters saying, please, let's come to the debate. And guess what they told me? There's no, no, room, no room at the table for no. you because I've gotten that too. No, they, they never answered. <laughs> I invited them to, to the other debate and they never answered. Yeah. How rude. Well, we have the uh, they have the media in the back pocket. Um, are we running right through, Ken? I'm, I'm not. Or we take a break, and, and or, or do we Lou, start could, right on another topic? You could you could just keep going as much as you like. I said, you're the guest. You could talk about what you like. Oh, okay. Well, you I can tell know. you went on the radio before, man. You're, you're <laughs> attuned to all this. And, and I got to say that when I I was I ran for governor in 2014, but I couldn't get enough signatures to get on the ballot. But Lou, I was I was a guest on your show. And I have pictures of me, just like you and I, oh, sitting fantastic. here at headphones. Oh, yeah, so very cool. You were one of the people who invited me on for the, the campaign. Well, I, we did that, you know, uh, and and once again with the Independent Gazette, one of our first issues, if I remember correctly, we actually had every presidential candidate that actually uh, uh, qualified for the ballot in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. So we actually had the, um, I, I think it was Jill Stein at the time, maybe Gary Johnson, maybe it was, it could have been uh, Barack Obama maybe, and then we had uh, Romney or whatever. What All I remember is putting all four because I wanted people that read the newspaper to at least know that there were other people running mm-hmm. except for two people. And that and that's part of the whole deal too is, is that it's uh, yeah. when we talk about fake media and, and all this other stuff, it's not so much what they report on sometimes, it's what they don't report on. And that's that, that could be more dangerous uh-huh. uh, than, than, than actually reporting on something. I agree. Yeah. And you came to Montgomery County, it has to be about five years ago. We The Montgomery Libertarians right. were putting together a seminar and you did one on how to be the media. 
Oh, yeah. That was great because when you're the media, they can't, they when, can't shut you up. When you're and, the media, you own the message. When I you, know. You own the message. And, and that's, that's one of the great things about being here on WWDB. That's is, fantastic. As I could just say, you know, we libertarians are the party of principle because it all boils down to one idea. You have the right to live your life your way, provided you respect the rights and property of others. As long as you don't interfere with the health and welfare of others, you betcha. Yep. And, and I, that's, uh, that's some good stuff right there. And this is episode 40, so this is the 40th hour in a row where I've been spreading the libertarian gospel. So when you're the media and they can't stop you. You can't, yeah. At least not yet. Not yet. There you go. Another thing I did want to touch on, and it's it's probably all the out of all the issues that we did any kind of investigative journalism on, and there was a lot, and even keeping them within Pennsylvania, some of the polling, there was leg towing. Uh, I think I mentioned to you that we did the Kings and Queens of Wilkesbury. Um, and, and that was focused on uh, two families, the mayor and another family, another uh, a politically collected, uh, connected family in Wilkesbury. And we took our newspaper and we went door to door to every, every home in Wilkesbury, threw it right on the doorstep, right? And the king was King Layton at the time. He was the mayor. And uh, we focused on all the nepotism, the cronyism, all the other stuff that goes on in all our towns here in Pennsylvania. And uh, it was it was King Layton. Uh, he was the mayor. And uh, <laughs> we, we, we brought out the fact that his brother worked in probation. His other brother worked in domestic. Uh, his cousin was the chief of police. <laughs> it was his, a family affair. No, no. Wait, What's wrong with that? His other cousin was the solicitor. About 10 of the families, uh, of 10 of his family members had school jobs. Oh, we're ready, we're, we're ready for our first break? We're getting close. <laughs> no, you can just finish your thought. Oh, Okay. And um, so anyway, we went, uh, we went to town and uh, threw all these around. And I'll, I'll never forget my, my first call uh, from one of the restaurateurs. And, and this is so why it's so difficult to be uh, an investigative reporter. Uh, he called me and he says, uh, listen, Lou, he says, I love you. He says, but the mayor just left. And every one of our advertisers was paid a visit. He said, uh, the mayor just left and he had two questions for me. And we'll leave it at this. Why am I advertising in your newspaper? And when was my last inspection? He said, Lou, he says, I love you, but oh, I can't man. do it. <laughs> when was your last inspection? How do you like that? That's the way it goes, and that's the way it is, and, and that's what happens with investigative journalism and why it's so difficult to really have that going on. So, And people ask me why I'm involved in politics. <laughs> my guest today is Lou Jasikov, investigative journalist and publisher of the Wilkes-Barre Independent Gazette and First Class Troublemaker. Thank you, sir. I'm your caster, Ken Krawchuk, and you're listening to The Pennsylvania Project. We'll be right back after this information. Thinking about getting your first tattoo? Maybe you're ready to add to that sleeve you started or cover up that one regret-built choice. Put Sam C. and his team of artists at Iron Will Tattoo Club in Glenside, PA at the top of your list. The team at Iron Will has plenty of designs to choose from. They can create an original design or work with a design that you provide. Call 267-893-7625 today to schedule your free consultation. That's 2678-WE-ROCK or visit them on Instagram at Iron Will Tattoo Club. Hey, Art Farnsworth here, cohort on The Pennsylvania Project. You know, it's easy to find a high-paying job, at least for some people it is. Employers are begging for competent leaders who know how to communicate effectively. But do those words describe you? Competent leader communicates effectively? 
If not, or even if they do, you may want to consider joining Toastmasters. The mission of Toastmasters is to provide a supportive environment for learning, communication, and leadership skills. But, you may be asking, does it really work? Hey, look at me. I joined Toastmasters and now I'm on the radio. Turn your life around like I have. Visit Toastmasters.org and contact a club near you. Visitors are always welcome and be sure to mention my name. That's Art Farnsworth in case you didn't catch it before. The future is anxiously awaiting competent leaders who know how to communicate effectively. You can be that leader and it all starts at Toastmasters.org. Are you a small business owner always looking for referrals? Do you have a streamlined approach to generating new referrals? Contact Steve Worley to learn the fast, easy way to generate new referrals. Steve has an all-inclusive system that will help you generate an extra 5 to 10 customers per week without spending a single dollar on ads. You won't have to create a website, have pictures taken, or write a single ad. Steven has taken the headache out of the process. Contact him at stevenworley.com. That's Stephen with a V, W-E-R-L-E-Y. Do you have the financial freedom that you imagine you would have? At AJ Freedom Financial, we, have de- we are dedicated to serving you while you're helping, helping you to achieve your financial goals. We offer planning and investment advice on everything from college and retirement planning to a rollover 401k. Please call 866-838-6899 to learn more. The top priority at AJ Freedom Financial has always been and always will be our clients. Call AJ Freedom Financial today to talk to a qualified professional at 866-383-6899. That is 866-383-6899. AJ Freedom Financial, helping Pennsylvanians achieve financial freedom from the man. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Gradient Securities, LLC member FINRA backslash SIPC. Insurance products and services are offered through AJ Freedom Financial. AJ Freedom Financial is not affiliated with Gradient Securities, LLC. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here again, and we're back with episode 40 of The Pennsylvania Project, and my guest, Lou Jasikoff, our investigative journalist and publisher of the Wilkes-Barre Independent Gazette. That was a scary thing you talked about just before the break there, about Um, the mayor coming in and intimidating the guy because he's advertising in your paper? It went on constantly, Ken. It went on constantly. Uh, uh, You have to um, remember that a lot of the investigations led to uh, direct arrests, people doing prison time, uh, some of our uh, people that volunteered work for us getting arrested, uh, doing different things. Uh, myself, uh, the one issue that I probably, is, is, is even difficult to talk about uh, because it's so heartbreaking is uh, the custody for cash, uh, getting thrown out of uh, courts on a weekly basis for showing up. Uh, I still get calls constantly um, uh, for people asking me to go in and just sit there what's, and what's talk. This, what's this kids for cash thing? Well, the, uh, just, uh, most this. people uh, probably or, or kind of remember what happened with kids for cash. Kids for cash was uh, took place in um, the scranton Wilkesbury area where two judges went to jail for selling off children. 
end of, end of story. Wow. Are you familiar with that? Or what, do you, what do you mean selling off children? Oh, there's a movie. There's all, uh, just to give you an no, idea. I don't thousands, watch TV. No, thousands of kids went to, uh, went to prison and they got kickbacks over a million dollars. Just to give you an <laughs> oh, example. Man. Now, this is not made up. This is not theory. And, and people wonder why I run for public Well, office. hold on. Let me, if you're not familiar with Kids for Cash, there's the movie. You could go on uh, um, uh, and check out the movie or you could just check out the, the actual court documents. They focused on five kids, the movie. Just five kids. And I want you, I, I want everybody because this is it, this custody for cash is going to dwarf kids for cash. If we ever get enough media custody. and enough custody, this is something that we dubbed custody okay. for cash because there's more money involved. There's all kinds of stuff. But let me just jump on kids for cash just so you understand. I want to find out what, custody. For, I want to find out all this yeah. stuff. So the kids We're for cash, they focused. I know they they focused on five five individuals. Now I want you to envision. You all, I don't know if you all have kids who are sitting at the table, but yeah, think grand, of your child. Too. Think of your child. Think of your grandchild, Ken. Okay? Which one? Anyone. Any <laughs> one of your grandchildren and getting into an argument in school and your granddaughter takes a volleyball and hits a, another kid in the back of the head because they're arguing over a boy. Typical adolescent behavior. Yeah. Hold to court. Now, I want you to think about your grandchild. I want, I want this affect you. Uh-huh. Think about your grandchild sitting there in front of the court in those big buildings and the judges up there. Mommy and daddy sitting, you're sitting there with your, in, in the court thing. You were told don't bring a, a lawyer with you because, because uh, it's going to just really tick off the judge. <laughs> the judge, all of a sudden, that child is now getting handcuffed. Wow. Shackles on the legs. Now, I'm not making this up because this is court... Six and a half years in jail. For throwing Bizarre. a ball. For throwing a ball. Another one, two girls. Two girls had an argument on MySpace. Six years in jail. An, a boy. These are just some of the ones that they focused why? on because they had an argument. They were, they were, no, why, why is the judge doing this? Because they were, they each, two of the judges, Conahan and Chivarella, got over a million dollars kickback from the privatized jail in over towards the Pittsburgh area. So they, they're sending kids to they a jail. Sent, that they, oh, thousands and of them. And they're getting kickbacks. Thousands from. of them. They're, they're in jail. They're, they're probably in jail. Well, they this, deserve, this is they here deserve. in Pennsylvania. Oh, they get they worse than that. Okay, so that's uh-huh. kids for cash. So we were at the end of that. So now custody for cash. Uh-huh. This is something that we dubbed and we talked about, and I'm going to try to talk very fast and, and because I know some of the time frames and everything else, but we did stuff for how the kids were targeted for the school lunch program, million to welfare, uh, the shredding of the documents, the, the, the files, the disappearing at the gag orders that we, we challenged judges. We challenged judges to come on, 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 our, um, on our radio show, even after there were gag orders off of, over this. Mm-hmm. So what this was all about, the first, the first time it happened to me was a lady from Hazel she came to me and um, she she said, "Listen, oh, actually, it wasn't even her. It was a um, a psychiatrist that came to me, a 20-year state employee came to me, and she says one of the most egregious cases I've ever seen." She said, uh, "She said this young this your lady at 40 years old had the had her had first child." They botched it. She was had a cesarean. Uh, the, the the cesarean was botched. They had her on morphine. On the third day, she was reported to children, uh, children and uh, youth, that she was not paying enough attention to it, <laughs> and she's still fighting for her child ten years later. Bizarre. You look. This 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 is this can't happen. This this can't happen. 
another person came to me, okay? And this is right after we had written something about with the custody for cash. I, I couldn't even answer my phone from calls from around the country, no less Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania where, and, and I'm just trying to do some, some of the egregious things because it's really got egregious. I mean, things that would just, I would go to people's houses and, and, and they, they've lost their children and, and the huge amounts of money that is being, uh, you know, you know, spent or, or, you know, from, from the federal government, from the state government, these local governments are huge getting huge amounts of money from the federal government for every child that they they adopt out of uh, out out of uh, uh. the adoption process. So, another one, med- uh, medical worker, seemed very 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 reasonable. Got uh, very reasonable. He comes to me. He says, uh, "Listen, Lou, uh, I uh, they they um, they sent me for 140 drug tests." He says, "What?" 140 drug tests. Of course, he he was in a, he was in a custody battle, and they're taking his kids and all that. 140 drug tests. Um, he says, Lou, I, I pass every one. He says, I, I don't drink, I don't do drugs. And, and uh, I went before uh, the judge in, in Scranton. And the guardian at litem, by the way, which is a, a topic I never even heard of before, guardian at litem is did jail yep. time. Okay, because you're not part of the system and neither was I. I've never, I, and that was something I wrote down. I had no skin in the game. I, it wasn't like I was really mad at judges or cops or anybody else. I, this is people that came to us from, from the newspaper itself. 140 drug tests. He went to the judge and said, listen, I think this guardian at Lightham or, or the lady that's in charge of me seeing my kids are charging me too much. She said, you're delirious. There's something wrong with you. You need to go to Harrisburg and see a psychiatrist, <laughs> i.e. No, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Now, I don't believe this. I, I'm an investigative journalism. Yeah. I get all the 140 drug tests. Worse than that. And this, and we're, when I'm telling you we're just touching on custody for cash one minute, we're the, one of the worst parts, I get the letter from the psychiatrist in Harrisburg. Before I even get to see you, before you get to see your kids, you need to sign over your HIPAA rights and bring a cashier's check for $10,000. I have this Whoa. in writing. I have wow. bags. I have bags of stuff. Bags. And I'm going to end it at this because all I encourage your readers to, to or, or listeners to listen to is a lady called Nancy Schaefer, okay. a state representative who talks about all you have to all you have to Google is Nancy Schaefer, Kids for Cash, YouTube, and it will turn your stomach. And I'm telling you right now, what is happening in Pennsylvania and happening in these courts are is so sick. It is beyond sick. And until they put cameras in the courtrooms and to make sure what's oh, happening yeah, in those courtrooms, until they don't don't listen to we have to protect the kids. Well, let's have a black box. Because the behavior that's happening in our courtrooms, the only reason they don't want you to see what's going on is to protect themselves and to protect who's there. And I don't have no ax to grind. I'm not here to, I'm just telling you, we have an opportunity here to raise some more awareness to this. Do your own research. I used to say it on the radio all the time. Don't believe a word I say. Yep. Do your own research. Just like Irv Homer, my predecessor here on WWDB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Lou, this is, this is scary stuff, man. Oh, very scary. You got to come back for another one. <laughs> yeah. Because the time went really out. quickly. We're, we're just about out of time here. Yeah. Do you, anything you want to add at the end? I mean, is there a website or something you want to send people to? Well, well uh, some, some of our, our YouTubes and, and the stuff that we have is, is custody 
theletter4cash.org, and you'll see some of our radio, old radio shows and the shows that we did on Millionaire to Welfare, how kids are targeted uh, from the school lunch programs. They usually went after low-income children because they didn't have the wherewithal to hire hire lawyers are able to hire lawyers right. they break you the system i've had i've had relatives don't don't just say don't get a lawyer don't do anything go in and kiss, kiss you know do what you have to do because they're going to break you financially emotionally spiritually because they know there's nothing you will not do to protect your kids and grandkids and everything else. And they're using and, society's and society's using, little ones and, and, as pawns in their own little they, cash real if you, when game. When you kids, they need merchandise. Man, wow. On that happy note. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> guys. That's good. Thanks no, for coming. <laughs> thank you, Lou. You're going to open up a lot of people's eyes. It's a good thing when you are I the media. So. Right? I hope so. Yeah. Wow. That's going to have to wrap it up for the them portion of the show. My thanks again to our guest today, Lou Jasikov. What an investigative journalist, publisher of the Wilkes-Barre Independent Gazette. We're going to pause for this information, and when we return, I'm going to be ranting for a bit, this time about something that really sticks in my craw, the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The following is a commercial announcement. Hey, Cheryl, how's it going? Bad, Ken, really bad. Why? What's the matter? Our friends at the Infernal Revenue Service paid me a personal visit the other day. What, the IRS? Yep. Two big brutish guys. Scared half of us to death. Why, I bet. What do they want? What do they want, Cheryl? Money, of course. Lots of it. Remember that part-time gig I took on last summer? Yep, I remember. You were raking in some big bucks. Yeah, all those big, big bucks went straight into my personal bank account. It turns out the IRS doesn't like it when you do that. And on top of that, I didn't file any of the right forms or pay nearly enough taxes. So they want it all now, right now, plus penalties and interest. Ouch. Sounds like you should have called Amendment 16. Hey, it's the damn 16th Amendment that got me into this predicament in the first place. No, no, Amendment 16, the invoicing service. They'll invoice your client for the hours and expenses you report to them. And when your client pays them, they pay you, minus all required state and federal taxes. It's that easy. One call does it all. And they'll even have an accountant do your personal taxes for you come April Fool's Day. I mean, come April 15th. And they take care of all the taxes, all the forms? Yep, and they can pass along certain tax breaks, too. Man, I wish I'd have known about Amendment 16 sooner. Where can I find them? On the web, of course, at amendment16.com, with 16 spelled out. That's amendment, S-I-X-T-E-E-N.com. One call does it all. You've been a registered libertarian for years, voted for libertarians even longer, and lived by libertarian principles all your life. Now it's time to take the next step and become a dues-paying member of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. Keep abreast of the march towards liberty in Pennsylvania. Take an active role in making it happen. Maybe even consider running for local political office yourself. It all starts with becoming a dues-paying member of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. It's easy, it's fast, and only $20 a year. So visit LLPPA. Dot org to sign up today. That's lppa.org. Do it today. A freer future is waiting. 
Hey, Ken Krawchuk here again, and welcome to the me portion of episode 40 of the Pennsylvania Project. And I just renewed my membership in the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party. But right now, I'm going to rant about something that really sticks in my craw, the Pennsylvania Turnpike. If you were listening earlier, you know it started with a Facebook question from Elizabeth Jaggers Davis. She mentioned how the turnpike tolls don't necessarily go to the turnpike. Now, that one really caught me by surprise because, as I mentioned, I've run for public office in Pennsylvania several times, and I pay attention to the political scene. But this was something that somehow slipped under my radar. Turnpike tolls not being used for the turnpike? You know, I did some research, and it turns out that Elizabeth is right, way too right. Now, of course, I use the turnpike and so do almost a half a million vehicles every day, according to the turnpike's website. And that brings in a lot of revenue, about $1.4 billion a year, they say. And like most prop people, I've always assumed that those tolls went to pay for the turnpike. Well, it's not the case, not by a long shot. You know, even though I didn't know about the diversion of the dollars, one thing I do know is that those tolls go up every year, year after year, like clockwork. You know, tick, 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 up, up, up. It's a fact of life, Pennsylvania life. In fact, this is the 12th year in a row that tolls have gone up on the turnpike, and they're not being used by the turnpike. So how did it happen? Who did it? Where did the money go? Well, I looked into it. Let's take it one piece at a time. It all started with something called Act 44 of 2007, a gift from Governor Ed Rendell, who I ran against, by the way, in 2002. I should have won. Well, it's not a gift from Ed. I should say he found another pocket to pick, the turnpike. Because not only does Act 44 mandate all those annual toll increases, increases we're still seeing now over a decade later, It also mandates that $450 million of toll money be given to PennDOT every year. $450 million a year. Do the math. That's over a third of the Turnpike's total revenue goes to PennDOT and not the Turnpike. When you add it up under Act 44, over $5 billion of toll money was diverted to other non-Turnpike uses. Thank you for ruining my day, Elizabeth. Now, if you think it's a bad idea, you are not alone. According to Pennsylvania's Auditor General, Eugene D. Pasquale, he says it's putting the turnpike on the road to ruin. He's a punster too, I guess. And the constant toll increases are driving people away. Pardon the pun again. And he says it's not going to get any better. According to D. Pasquale, that turnpike's $14 billion debt load is completely unsustainable. In fact, it's larger than the Commonwealth's entire debt load. It's only $12.5 billion. I don't know much about Pennsylvania's Auditor General. I guess I should, Eugene D. Pasquale. But I do like the summation of the situation that he presented just a few months ago. Quote, The idea that motorists and truckers on the turnpike are going to be able to pay that entire debt back is literally delusional. Drivers are not going to continue to pay these tolls. Unquote. Hey, had no pun in there. Guy's slipping. Anyway, the facts bear him out because on, according to the Turnpike's website, rising leadership, leadership, ride, rising ridership, I can talk, rising ridership on the Turnpike flattened out right around the time Act 44 was passed in the late 2000s. And that growth in ridership is still flat today over a decade later. Apparently when it comes to those annual toll increases, it looks like a lot of Turnpike users are voting with their feet. And not on the pedal. 
Well, as it turns out, the legislature actually took steps to try to improve things. Yeah, right. The legislature improving things? Mm-hmm. Hold on to your wallet. Because what they did in response was to pass Act 89 of 2013, which ended those payments to PennDOT. Sounds good? No, there's a catch. Those payments don't stop for years. And, of course, there's another catch, because when they finally do stop, do you know what replaces it? Rather than $40 million, $450 million a year, they reduced it, yes, to a mere $50 million a year, only for another 35 years. <laughs> 35 more years of stealing toll money, and by the time it ends in 2057, there'll be billions more gone. 2057? I haven't even heard dates out that far. That means decades and decades more of garnishing the tolls and billions and billions of dollars not spent on filling potholes, not spent on highway maintenance or on highway safety. Billions and billions not spent on the turnpike, not spent on their widening projects. Mismanaged money leaving us with ridiculous, needless traffic jams. And and speaking of which, there's a pet peeve of mine. Pet peeve. There's one particular widening project that they're not doing that's inconveniencing thousands of motorists every day. Try, just try to drive the turnpike at rush hour just outside of Philly between Fort Washington and Plymouth meeting in either direction because it's a huge mess. I see heads around me nodding. Do you know why it's a mess? Because of the traffic, merging traffic westbound that gets on at Fort Washington and the merging traffic eastbound that gets on at Plymouth meeting, they have nowhere to go except squeeze their way into traffic. So things back up all the time. And not just a little. They back up eastbound all the way from Valley Forge. They back up westbound all the way from Willow Grove. Almost 20 miles of bumper-to-bumper traffic. Every morning, every evening, in both directions. And all it would take to end those backups would be just to add one more lane in both directions between Fort Washington and Plymouth Meeting. A mere five miles. If they had that extra lane, people get onto the turnpike without, with their own dedicated lane without squeezing, without merging, just roll right along. No more backups. And it'd be relatively cheap, relatively speaking. <laughs> well, let's, right now they're widening the Northeast Extension and using that to estimate the cost. Adding an additional lane in both directions costs motors about $30 million a mile, which sounds like a lot to me. But that means it would take about $150 million total to kill off my pet peeve. That's less than one-half of one-tenth of one percent of the Turnpike's annual revenue. Think of the aggravation it would save. All the time, the wasted gas, the pollution. Just out of fourth lane, please, a mere five miles. If only they had the money. But getting back on point, where where do those diverted tolls go? What vitally important needs do those billions serve? Why, I found out the money goes to help those thrifty politicians in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, those famously frugal towns which are known for their respect of the value of a tax dollar. Model cities devoid of corruption. (laughs) Everybody, (laughs) don't laugh, don't laugh. The cities, though, they tell us they use those stolen billions of toll dollars to help fund their mass transit systems, which is something that has nothing to do with the turnpike except maybe to drive turnpike revenues down even further, even faster, by diverting even more traffic from the roads. Hang on, hang on. Worst is yet to come, because there are secondary effects. Since the turnpike contributions to PennDOT are going to drop from $450 million to $50 million, PennDOT will suddenly have a $400 million hole in its budget. And you know where that money's going to come from to fill that hole? 
from the Commonwealth General Fund. That's where it means it's going to be higher taxes from you and me. And is the final inedible icing on that stale cake is the inherent inefficiency of tax dollars. Do you know what happens when you send a tax dollar to Harrisburg? Everybody's looking. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. No, you're lucky. You don't get a dime's worth of value back on every dollar you send to Harrisburg. We should be thankful it's only $50 million for only 35 years, assuming this turnpike stays out of bankruptcy that long. On that cheerful note, that's going to have to wrap it up for episode 40 of the Pennsylvania Project. What do you think about the turnpike? What do you think about annual toll increases, about corruption, about kids for cash? God, Lou, thanks. If you have an opinion about anything Pennsylvania-related, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at PennsylvaniaProject.com, right after you sign our petition, that is. And you can hear us there, too, as well as on iTunes and other popular podcast providers. Today's episode is courtesy of, of Amendment 16 Limited, recorded live at the studios of WWDB Radio, broadcasting in Philadelphia at 860 on the AM dial every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. I'm being redundant, every Saturday at 10 a.m. And released as a podcast every Tuesday at PennsylvaniaProject.com. Our webmaster is Stephen Worley, marketing guru Connor Dragotis, featured Toastmaster narrator Cheryl Jenkins. Thank you, Cheryl. Featured Toastmaster cohort, distinguished Toastmaster Art Farnsworth. Is it constitutional? <laughs> Thank you. Keyboard wizard Joe the Pag, radio producer Brett Kronberger, executive producer Mark Bazzacco, and me, your caster, Ken Crawchuk. Thanks for joining us. And remember, more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct problem.